Welcome to the podcast for Centerpoint Church. Located in the heart of Concord, New Hampshire, Centerpoint is all about living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The message today is a part of that journey, and we are glad to have you join us. So it's sort of our Mother's Day gift. You were taking your kids away. You're welcome. (laughs) Take a deep breath. You're in a safe space. All right, buddy, you're good. They'll meet you out there. All right. Well, good morning, good morning. It is good to be here with you. Uh, we're continuing in our series, just to, maybe you're new here, kind of catch up with what we're doing. Is uh, We're taking some time to look at beautiful feet. Now, maybe you haven't heard that all that much in your life, but our feet are beautiful, not because of what they look like, but because of what they do. How beautiful are the feet of the one who brings good news. And everywhere our feet take us, We are witnesses, those of us who are in Christ are witnesses of who Christ is. That's what makes our feet beautiful. Now I realize you might be here and you're still kicking the tires. You're using your feet to kick the tires and see about this whole Jesus thing. You're unsure. I love that you're here with us. You are welcome here. Bring your questions here. Bring your doubts here because we believe God is big enough for our questions and our doubts. And so wherever you're at on your journey, we love that you're here with us. But this is what we're doing together uh, is exploring what scripture teaches us, particularly in the New Testament book of Acts, about these beautiful feet. And what does it look like when God's good news spreads throughout the world? We're going to be looking in Acts chapter 3 today. I'd encourage you to start looking in your Bibles. Maybe you've got a paper Bible or you've got uh, something on your phone. You can follow along the screens if you want. Uh, Heidi is going to read for us. Come on over here, Heidi. And uh, she's going to read Acts chapter 3 for us. So you can follow along whatever Bible you've got in front of you as Heidi reads. Go ahead. All right. Follow along with me, please. Chapter 3, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked him for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11, while the man held on to Peter and John, I can imagine, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us? As if by our own power or godliness, we'd made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. And you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. 
by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he'd foretold through all the prophets, saying that this Messiah would suffer. Repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who've spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. I need my Bible. Thank you. <laughs> so here we are, and we're seeing something that hasn't been seen before. We're seeing the spread of what Jesus has begun. And what Luke is reminding us as he records this, and what we get out of this, and what we proclaim today is this good news that Jesus is ruling and reigning. Listen, listen, listen. Jesus is ruling and reigning. Today, and he's doing so through his spirit alive in his people. The reign of heaven has begun. Let's pause and pray for a moment. Father, in your grace, help your word to come alive to us. May that same spirit that inspired Luke to record this for us, that inspired Peter as he preached on this day, that, that same spirit that made the lame man walk and dance, may that same spirit visit us today. Reveal your presence with us today. Make your word come alive for us today. Awaken us to who you are and what you're doing and how we are a part of what you're doing. Father, would you, by the power of your spirit, give us eyes to see what we don't naturally see? Would you, by the power of your spirit, open our ears to hear what we're often so deaf to? And would you, by the power of your spirit, soften our hearts that we might be good soil for the seed of your word today? that your seed might grow roots and bear fruit for our good and your glory. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. As the word of God spread, as the, the work of Jesus, as the kingdom of God began to spread, remember how we were told, Acts, uh, we, we, we were told at the beginning of Acts that uh, Jesus even said that it would begin in Jerusalem. And then it would spread to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so as Acts is unfolding, we're, we're seeing that. So we're, we're still 
kind of confined into Jerusalem in this place, right? But, but we need to pay attention because it's spreading through people. The kingdom of God is, is spreading and there it is in Jerusalem doing its work. And one of the questions as we here in our day grapple with this notion that we are witnesses, because that's, that's what we are. We, we are written into the story of God. Those of us who are in Christ, we are in God's story that is unfolding in our day. The stuff that he began to do here, he's continuing to do in our world. The rule and reign of Jesus is happening today, and it's happening through his spirit alive in his people. And so if we are his people, this is the story we find ourselves in. This is how we make sense of the world in which we live. This is how we uh, make sense of the questions that we have about God. God, what are you doing in the world today? Sometimes it's asked, God, what are you doing in the world today? And sometimes it's asked, good Lord, what are you doing in the world today? But we've got the questions, don't we? And then when we hear that we're the witnesses, that, that we are witnesses of these things. It can feel a little bit intimidating for a lot of us. Like, I'm not sure I have what it takes to do this. Have you ever been in a situation where you were unsure, where you felt inadequate? For many of us, it's parenthood arrives on the scene. And for the first time, we're holding this little baby through fostering, through adopting, through birth, and we're holding this little one that is now dependent upon us for life. And the feeling of inadequacy comes rushing in. Some of you know that feeling. Others of you maybe felt this in a classroom. You were sort of aware of the information that would be asked about that day, but then the teacher looks at you and says, hey, will you come to the board? Depending on how old you were, it might have been a chalkboard. Now it might be a whiteboard. Would you come to the board and explain this math problem for us? <laughs> Let's not do this, right? So you know what that feeling of inadequacy is. And there have even been moments when you know that God is maybe stirring you and leading you into a moment, but you're feeling incredibly inadequate for the moment. I don't have what it takes to be witnesses. Now there are professionals who do this. There are some really super spiritual people who might do this, but but I don't have what it takes. This is good news for us because it's a reminder that it doesn't depend on you. That the witness of Jesus actually isn't about you. It's about him. And it's about him empowering you to live as witness. Jesus didn't heal people just to heal people. Jesus didn't... Uh, preach just to preach. What he was doing is when we look at the life of Jesus, we're seeing what ruling and reigning looks like. And so when Jesus heals a lame man, he is pushing against the powers of darkness, drawing this man into the power of light and life. He's drawing him into renewed life. When he heals a blind person, it's not just for the wow effect of the people around him, it's that people might see who God is. And where God is, the blind receive sight. Where God is and the kingdom reigns, the deaf hear. The lame dance. And the oppressed are freed. 
Prophets said this is what it'll look like when Messiah comes, when the kingdom of God arrives. And so when we look at the life of Jesus, we see the kingdom of God breaking in through his good, beautiful, benevolent rule and reign. Jesus, or Peter, excuse me, affirms for us in his whole speech that he's given here. This whole speech is a proclamation of Jesus as Messiah. Jesus as Christ. Remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Christ isn't his last name. It's his title. Christ means anointed one. What is the anointed one? He is the king. The king is the anointed one. Jesus is the one who is anointed by God to usher in the kingdom of God. And so in his life, we see his rule and reign. And then he goes away. Look at verse 21 real quick. Verse 21 says, Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Through the scriptures, God has been promising that Messiah would come. And as Messiah comes, he would establish his rule and reign. And his rule and reign would restore all things that have been broken. And while he is away, he sits at the right hand of the Father where he's exercising. He has begun to exercise rule and reign. And we get a taste of it here. And upon his return, he will renew all things. This is the new heaven, the new earth, the restored order of all things under the authority of Jesus the Christ, Jesus the King. But that rule and reign has begun. And again, this is important for us because this orients us. It helps us to see what is going on in the world as the kingdom of light comes against the kingdom of darkness. It helps us grapple with suffering and pain and brokenness in our world. As we can understand that we are being written by God's grace, we are being written into a story of his healing and restoration, which is taking place even in our midst today. And so how is this healing taking place? How is this restoration beginning? How is the kingdom of heaven spreading? How does Jesus exercise his rule and reign? He does so through his spirit alive in his people. So we go back to Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes down and touches on each of the people in that room. Not just one special person, but the anointing of the spirit, if you will, comes upon each. And so the power of God, the presence of God, the spirit of God comes and rests on each and empowers his people to live as witnesses. And so here's Peter and John doing what they normally do. It was a routine day for them. They were making their way to the time of prayer in the temple, mid-afternoon. And they come across this man who, for a very long time, had been placed at this specific gate. It was prime location. It was the good spot to, to get the good stuff, right? He knew that he could catch people. They were going in for religious things. Of course, these will be people who will exercise benevolence and generosity. And so he goes there and he sits and he calls out, hey, can you, can you give me a little bit of money? It's what he does day after day. This is a little side note here on this thing. But I want you to, to notice and just notice and maybe even wonder about this whole dynamic the beggar asked for what he normally asked for. 
And had he gotten what he asked for, he would have missed so much of what God actually had for him. And how many times do we do that same thing? God, let me tell you what I need. God, give me this. And sometimes we get so disappointed that he doesn't give us what we want or what we ask for. And in so doing, and holding our fists white-knuckled on that thing that we want, we so often miss what he actually has for us. Again, that's a side literal, uh, side little reflection for us. And so here's Peter and John, and they're arriving on the scene, and they hear him ask. They stop and say, "Look at us, right?" He's just going through his routine. Hey, have you got some money? Hey, have you got some money? Hey, have you got some money? Have you got some money? You, you see folks like this um, out uh, on the the corners in the town where we drive by. There's there's no even eye contact. So there's something even remarkable, and they stop and they say, "Look at me." Look at me. Look at me. And the man stops. And he looks. Oh, I'm about to get something good. This isn't going to be just a coin dumped in the bucket. This is going to be something good. There's going to be a lot of money in this one. And so the man looks with eager expectation. And out of the mouths come silver or gold. I don't have. Then move along, please. Right? That's... Didn't you hear me what I asked for? You got no money? Move along, please. Let me, you're blocking the people who might give me my lunch today. Move along, please. Silver, gold, money, I don't have. Notice how they, they came with empty pockets, Peter and John. Like they were, even among the disciples, the apostles who were with Jesus, like they raked in the top three, Peter and John. They were the ones who stole away with Jesus into some secret places. They were um, the ones who were his inner, inner, inner circle. Like if anybody had anything to give, it'd be Peter and John. But here they are. They're coming with empty pockets. I don't have what you're looking for. I don't have what you're asking for. They come with empty pockets. Now pause there for a second, and I want you to listen to the echoes of some some teaching by Jesus. We're going to find this back in Matthew chapter 5, and it's a teaching that a lot of us are familiar with. Listen to the words of Jesus on a hillside say, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs will be the kingdom of God. Who are the poor in spirit? They're the ones who approach God with empty pockets, without pretense, the I got nothing to offer you. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so here's Peter and John coming with empty pockets. And yet the kingdom is breaking into the moment. The kingdom is breaking in. The light is breaking into the darkness. Something is about to happen. There's something that God wants to do in this moment. And they recognize that they were not the source of the gift in, when we feel inadequate, when we feel overwhelmed by what we don't have, what we're doing is we're focusing on us. And when I focus on me, when you focus on you, when we focus on ourselves, we see how completely inadequate we are to the task at hand. But Peter and John knew that this wasn't them that was offering this gift I'm not going to read all of it, but look again, circle, um, and come back to uh, verses 12 through 16. They're coming back to this whole notion. Like, why does this surprise you? 
Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? They understood that it was the spirit of God alive in them that did this beautiful thing. You see, when we don't feel like we have anything left to give, that's the perfect place to be. When you feel wrung out, empty, nothing, that's precisely the moment that God can work. When we come with pretense, then God steps back, says, all right, knock yourself out. Right, what's the pretense we come with? We come with our, um, our ability to reason, our intelligence. God, look how smart I am and I understand the mysteries of scripture. Look, this is what I bring to the table. Sometimes it is our pockets full of money. Look what I do. I, I, I make money and I give. It might be our relational networks. It might be our, uh, and it could be any number of things that we come to the table with full pockets. God steps back and says, knock yourself out. But it's when we recognize that the pockets are empty, that I got nothing to give, that I'm wrung out, that I'm dry. That's precisely the moment that God says, perfect. That's exactly where I want you because it's not about you anyway. Let's see what we can do together. And so they recognize this, that God is at work in his people. Those who have become witnesses of Jesus, Messiah. It's not God just randomly touching down around people. It's those who have given themselves to him. It's those who have repented and come to him. It's those who have fallen before him and worship. Those who acknowledge him. Peter draws this so clearly that what are we witnesses to? We are witnesses to Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, King Jesus, and that out of his kingship, out of his authority, exercised in his death, through his death and through his resurrection, we are witnesses of Jesus as king. We are witnesses of his death. We proclaim his death and we proclaim his resurrection. That in his authority, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, there is the forgiveness of sin. There is the wiping away of sin. I stood at odds against him in my rebellion. And because of King Jesus, I have been welcomed into this new life. There is the forgiveness of sin and there is the birth of new life, this refreshment. I love how Peter talks about in this. Repent that you might be forgiven, that your sins might be wiped away and that you might experience the restoration of God. God is at work in his people every day, every day. I didn't make this up, but it's been so helpful for me. And it's this reminder that what God does in me, he also does through me. And what God does through me, he also does in me. The first place that God does a work amongst his people is within his people. The first place that God is doing a work is within you. What God does through you, he's also doing in you. But then what God does in you, he does through you. As you have been a recipient of his abundance, you are now an ambassador of his generosity. And so in the midst of our inadequacy, we ask ourselves the question, what do I have to give? What do you have to give? Have you tasted 
his forgiveness, that is what you have to give. Have you experienced his grace? It is yours to give. Have you tasted his peace? It is yours to give. Have you known his joy? It is yours to give. That which God has planted in you by the power of his spirit is the very gift you get to offer those that you encounter throughout your days. And you might not stand up in the temple courts like Peter and preach this incredible sermon about who Jesus is, but the fact remains, your life preaches. If you are in Christ, your life preaches. What does it preach? We are his witnesses. What do you have to give? Don't outsource it to somebody else. Don't let the professionals do the work. Get in, be a part of what God is doing. Any room you walk into, God has already been there. And any notion that you have about what might happen in this relationship, in this space right here, right now, God has designs and intentions about what will happen in that space, in that room, in that conversation, before you even arrive there. But it is your beautiful feet that take you there. It is your beautiful feet that land you in that conversation, in that room, in that relationship. Whether it's your home, whether it's where you play ball, whether it's your school, the halls that you walk, the streets that you walk through your neighborhood, your feet are beautiful because by faith, God's spirit empowers you. As his people, you are witnesses to the life and death and forgiveness and restoration of Jesus. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. And every day of our lives, the kingdom of heaven is coming near. Jesus, get this, get this, get this. Jesus is ruling and reigning today. Jesus is ruling and reigning today. And how will all of creation know what the rule and reign of God looks like? We'll do so through his spirit alive in his people. How will your family know? Through you. How will your neighbors know through you? How will your coach know through you? How will your teachers know through you? How will your students know through you? How will your boss know through you? How will your wife know? How will your husband know? How will your children know through you? You, empowered by his spirit, not because of what you have to bring. All you bring are the feet. The feet, that's what you get to do. Show up. And what makes those feet beautiful? The spirit-empowered life that bears witness to who he is. The restoration of God has begun. And oh, we groan and we wait for it to be fulfilled. And that will come in his time, in his way, upon his return. But until then, he sits on the throne at the right hand of God where he rules and reigns today. How will they know? Through you. Let's pray. Jesus, make your rule and reign known amongst us.
Forgive us for the ways that we have become dull to your rule, even in our own lives. Forgive us for having to hearken back 10 years, 20 years to recount what you have done for us. For God, you have poured out your goodness even just today. And so open our eyes to see your hand at work in our lives, your grace at work in our lives, that we might bear witness to who you are in your rule and reign today. Do that work in us, we pray. Reveal your work in us, we pray. And then Father, we open ourselves up to you that your spirit would empower our witness everywhere that we go, where we shop, where we work, where we eat, where we play, where we live. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God, we don't bring much at all to the table and so give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need that we might rule and reign with you because we make such a mess of it when we try to do it on our own. So teach us to walk with you in humble submission that the world might know your good, beautiful, powerful, restoring rule and reign this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stand with me if you would. This is the life that comes only through submission to Jesus. There is only one source of this life. And if you have never given yourself to Jesus, if you have never tasted his beautiful freedom and forgiveness and refreshing wind of his life for yourself, you can do that today. Our prayer team would love to pray with you. You just kind of come on up and tell them what you want. Pray with me. Don't ask for just a little bit of money. Ask for the whole thing to show up here. And let's see what God will do, that you might know new life in him. If there's any other way we can pray for you, we'd love to be able to do that. Minister to each other, pray for each other, remind each other who we are because of what he has done. And may you walk in his fullness, may you walk in his love, may you walk in his peace and joy as you go. Because man, you got beautiful feet. Walk those things out this week. Moms, we love you. Thank you for who you are. Have a phenomenal Mother's Day. Take care, everybody. Take a little bit to stop and reflect on what God might be saying to you and how you'll respond to him today. Wherever you are on your journey of faith, we are here to serve you. Find us at centerpointnh.org and join us on the journey of living and sharing a life-changing relationship with Jesus.